Hi, this is Carrie Brownstein. This is DJ Premier. This is Darren Aronofsky. You got the Rizzo right here. Rose McGowan. Radiohead. Aisha Tyler. A tribe Called Quest. Fred Armisen. Fritz Paul. Javier Munoz, Seth Meyers. Frankie Cosmos. Flying Lotus. Hi, we're Haim, and you're listening to the Talk House Podcast. Ow! What's up? This is Nick Dawson, editor-in-chief for Talkcast Film. I am trying to be Elliot Einhorn, who is away this week. But fortunately, joining me today on the couch is Talkcast's executive editor, Josh Modell. Hello. Hey, I'm high energy today also. Between the two of us, we'll get one Elia. Yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty much all we can hope for. Uh, yeah, very it's best. Like, in total, we will very be best. one Elia. Yeah. Well, this is actually an excellent podcast. It is. So and it's, today, a, it's a high energy podcast. A high energy podcast. Yeah. Between two people who just bring it. So I think we should bring it in tribute to this conversation between Adam Conover and Raphael Bob Waxberg. Now, Adam, of course, is really known to all Americans, I believe, as <laughs> the host of Adam Ruins Everything True TV's informational comedy show in which he kind of annoyingly, charmingly, irritatingly, infuriatingly, some might say, yeah. brings facts to his friends, debunks myths, yep, yep. and all this kind of thing in a, in a just a rather lovely way. It's now in season three, started airing a couple of weeks ago that season, and past episodes are on Netflix, so people are immersing themselves in this man's work, which is, is very exciting. Adam has a huge following for this show. People love it. I think they love to feel like a kinship with the guy who's like, well, you're right, but... Yeah, I feel like I maybe have become more confident in doing that with my <laughs> friends, because it is definitely a tendency in me to be like, yeah... Anyway, he is talking today to Raphael Bob Waxberg, the creator of BoJack Horseman. Now, can we take a side? Like, are you you're a BoJack fan? I am a BoJack fan. I think BoJack is an incredible show. It, it started off kind of weird and people didn't really know what to make of it. And now I think retroactively, everyone loves it. It's a crazy sort of satire about Hollywood and addiction and... It's done with cartoon animals led by the Will, title character. Played by Will and Rick. Yeah, Bojack Horseman. Yeah. It's great to see that those who doubted have <laughs> cast aside their doubts. There was so much Scotland just came through in the word doubted there. I loved doubted. it. Doubted! <laughs> How dare you doubt me? <laughs> yes. Uh, Sorry. Freedom! <laughs> um, but yeah, no, these guys are, are both incredibly funny, gifted comedians, but... To me, what makes this such a special conversation is the fact that they have incredibly deep roots. They, they are longtime friends and, you know, they really get into stuff that an average person just couldn't reach. Absolutely. There's a familiarity that you see at the very beginning of this conversation. Clearly, they know each other and they let us know in this conversation how they know each other. They were roommates. They were in a comedy troupe together called Old English. Mm -hmm. And then they kind of went their separate ways, which they talk about a little bit too, and both found smashing success in the last few years. Yeah, I thought their conversation was fascinating. They started off touching on stuff like Adam's personal history and how that informs his show. But to me, the true joys of these conversations are the, the sort of the surprises and the deviations. The thing about the dishes rule yeah. when they live together. Very funny. And Raphael's love of <laughs> the Harry Mandel prank TV show, How We Do It. Yeah, there's a great how we do it digression. It's awesome how they kind of bounce back and forth between having kind of serious conversation with each other about their own history and then just laughing together and having a ton of fun. Yeah, and something that gave me great joy was the song. Oh, absolutely. Let's not ruin the song because I feel like the surprise element is what makes it. Let's just say there the song. is a song. The song. There is a song. And it's yeah. not a song that's been recorded. It is an original. I, I think we can give away that it's improvised in the moment. In the moment. And that is in many ways the beauty of it. Yeah. They have a little fun at Mark Maron's expense at the beginning of the episode here. 
totally justified, I think, and very, oh, rather sure. loving. And then, of course, there's diving into Adam's inspirational life improvements. Yeah, they kind of let it all hang out. Raphael talks about his favorite tweets of Adam's, which he can no longer see because Adam deletes all of his tweets once a year, which is kind of weird. I, I think I might adopt that. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's not, maybe it's not a bad idea. People will find everything you've said, though, so you should still be careful. <laughs> My tweets are the most boring ever. So let's get to the interesting stuff and let these guys talk. Yeah, let's hear it. Should we just jump in or you want to... Uh, hello. Hello, Adam. Hi, Raphael. Hello. You are Adam. Yeah, you are Raphael. We are having a conversation. We're in my living room. Welcome to the podcast. Here we go. <laughs> What's up, talk houser, <laughs> talk housers, talk housies, talk arenos, talk buddies. Hey, check me out. I'll be at the La Jolla Comedy Store oh, no. tonight oh, in I, five minutes. I hate if the this. show's about to start. This is you awful. You already missed it. Oh, no. <laughs> Too bad. What have I signed up Please for? Please use my promo code. <laughs> this is happening. Adam's good. Oh, we're at in it. Thepornstore.com, oh, no. where you can get all your best porn, and we sponsor podcasts. You ever, for some you ever think I want more stamps? Well, <laughs> let me tell you something. Here's what I would like to do. I want to get personal with you, Adam. Oh, okay. I want to talk about you. Oh, my gosh. You came in with a mission. I, I do. I have some I questions. no preparation. Well, you, welcome to my podcast. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Stamps.com. My, my, my guest today is Adam Conover. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the listener, uh, okay. star and creator and executive producer of Adam Ruins Everything, which is a, a television program in which you play a version of yourself. That's true. Uh, it, is, it is educational and informational, uh, as well as being very funny. Thank you. Um, and you, you talk about things and, quote, unquote, ruin things. Yeah. In, in a way that is helpful for the viewer, uh, but annoying for the other characters on the show. Is yes. that a fair way to summarize yeah, way what to you do? Um, you, is it fair to say that you moved around a bunch when you were growing up? Is a bunch? Uh, no. Nope. Uh, no, that's not fair? No. You, you did move, didn't you? A little bit. The reason I'm, I'm curious about this is because I feel like a lot of the comedy of Adam Ruins Everything is about, or not a, a lot of it, but a, a strain of it, a, a, a fundamental part of it, mm-hmm. uh, is about the anxiety, or maybe anxiety is not the right word. Maybe it's more of a delight in the the difficulty of making new friends. Mm. And I wonder if that is something that you feel is like a part of you, and that's something that you, that you have had. And so that's why I asked about moving around a bunch. Is that something that like you have had experience yeah. with or feel like, oh yes, I am a new person in a place and yeah. I found that people don't always like the person that I am. Uh, you're not far off. Okay. I wouldn't peg it to to moving necessarily, although it's not, I've never had that thought, but uh-huh. um, it, it's not, you know, impossible that that's informed my perspective. But yeah, I mean, it, it's the, the comedy that comes from the character is based on, you know, my social difficulties growing up, certainly, uh-huh. right? Um, that, like, it's it's the anxiety of, like, wanting to be liked right. and not knowing how to make people like you and <laughs> yeah. everything that you do that you think will make them like you makes them dislike you more. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and then so that's basically what it is. Um, and, you know, it's just entirely a... There's no word for dramatization that's comedy, like a comatization. Yeah, well, um, comedic escalation? Yeah, comedic escalation of that relationship that I had with people when I was younger. I mean, like, literally, I mean, you've known me since 
the sophomore year of college. Oh yeah, here's some context. We are old friends. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So like just the basic thing of me having read something and and something coming up in conversation and me saying, oh, actually that's not true. Right. I read this and other people being like, ugh, shut up. <laughs> it's something that happened to me countless times and I just put it in the show. Yeah. And the reason, I've said this in a lot of interviews, but the, the reason I, I put it in the show is because when I wrote the first sketch for College Humor about engagement rings, um, I had actually written sort of like, educational or, you know, similar stuff before, but the reaction was always like, oh my God, this is so pedantic. You know, like the other writers, you know, it's a writer's room. They're a little bit tough and they make fun of you a little bit. So I wrote in two of the other writers making fun of me Mm -hmm. in the sketch in order to like, just stave off that interaction in the writer's room, just to like write <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it. I know, I'm annoying. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And that ended up being the whole engine of the whole thing. And then we, just in the in the sketch uh, phase, and then we sort of blew that out into like the larger, you know, character that's having a problem with uh, just interacting with people on that level. And then, so most of the character's stories are about trying to, uh, you know, find acceptance from other people, mm-hmm. but then also ultimately find acceptance from himself at the end of the day. You know? Do you see this long-term as like, this is mm-hmm. my guy, this is what I am, yep. this is my persona, and I'm gonna keep doing this kind of thing? Yep, I mean, you know, I'm at the point now where I'm like, ooh, like, can I help get someone else's project on the ground, uh, off the ground? <laughs> can sure. I help get it on the ground? Yeah. <laughs> you gotta start there. <laughs> yeah, and then you get it off the and ground. then you get it off. Um, and you know that I'm interested in that, but um, I am, you know, for my own purposes, like, yeah, how can I do comedy that like enlightens and informs uh, in different ways on larger scales? Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, like, so yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking about. And that could take a lot of different forms. Do you? It's like a wide open field. It's like nobody else. No is, one's doing it. No one is doing it at all. I mean, I'm starting to see that more. There was a like a trend piece in something about how like more stand-up comedians are using PowerPoint, right. yeah. and I was like. Well, I think, I mean, I feel like it it feels... But it's still not informative. But it's, I mean, I think like, you know, like uh, John Oliver is doing stuff like this, Hassan Minaj, right? I mean, that's about current events, but it's the same kind of thing of like, but it's funny, but I'm going to teach you something, right? Oh, totally, totally. And and John Oliver's show came out while we were working on the first season. Mm -hmm. And I was like, for me, that was like, okay, this is very different than what I want to do, but it's like proof that it'll work. Yeah, people are interested. People want to learn things. And and so it is a lot of like, I feel like a lot of people, I mean, it's entirely Jon Stewart's influence, I think, that like, you know, this many years after, like, oh, what else can we do with this, right? Um, That a lot of people are having these sort of same ideas at the same time. Um, But the thing that I think, you know, when I'm like, okay, what's the wide open field is that like everyone is doing current events and there's so much more to learn about and to talk about, right? right? There's like, I mean, I describe- Let's talk about some old events. Yeah, well, when I when I really wanna turn off networks and get people to not watch the show, I like to describe it as liberal arts comedy, um, uh-huh. where it's like, we can do <laughs> we can do anything, right? right? We can do science, we do history, we do we did a thing on, on the English language, on grammar, right. you know. Um, the world uh, is an open web of possibilities just waiting to be ruined. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, you know, there's always more to, to learn stuff about, so. In making the show, I'm curious if there is a moment or what's maybe the, the biggest example of you yourself being disillusioned about a thing through your research of maybe being like, no, I think this thing is actually good. And being like, oh no, I have to ruin this. This is bad. You know, the best example I have of that, my favorite example of when we made a discovery in the writing process mm-hmm. is kind of the opposite of what you're describing though, which is that we did a segment on, um, we had an episode called Adam Ruins Wellness. And I thought that was going to be like a real slam dunk. Hey, you know, we've been doing a lot of heavy topics about 
you know, serious things. Let's just do some real silly debunking right. and talk about how, you know, all this stuff's the placebo effect, right? Sure. You know, we, we go to a spa and, you know, foot pads and essential oils and all those things. Ah, it's all the placebo effect, right? And let's have our big third act will be, hey, hey, the placebo effect is really powerful and it actually explains more than you think it does, uh -huh. right? And that's for people who are like, no, it can't be the placebo effect. No, 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 the placebo effect is super powerful, <laughs> right? What we found in our research was I started finding the work of some scientists at, oh my God, I believe it's Harvard and I'm blanking. Uh, we talked to so many it, experts. It was but. some... <laughs> Some college in Cambridge. I don't know. <laughs> Somewhere. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. Boston. When I was in when I was in Cambridge. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, so uh, uh, can I can I look up the name of this person? I really want to say what they're Oh, should I talk about some stuff while you're looking it up? No, should I, I want to edit this out. Boo boo do looking it up. He's looking it up. He didn't know the name off the top of his head. God looking it. it up. He doesn't know everything. He has a team of researchers giving no. him information. Looking it up. The Fiction is punctured. It doesn't work because now I know the truth. I've seen behind the curtain. I cannot enjoy his work anymore God because damn. I know he's not a genius. Looking it up. He has to look no. it up. His name is Adam no. and he's a giant fraud. This is, well, see, it's, Google is taking longer than the length of that song. Google's taking longer. Takes so long to Google. <laughs> I thought Google was supposed to be fast. What happened to Google? They got distracted making calendars. Why don't they just do the one thing they're supposed to do? What happened to Google, Buzz? What happened to Google? Talk what happened to Google. Sit on a house. This is terrible. I'm just going to stop looking it up because I can't find it. So there's two researchers from, right. um, uh, Can uh, make from, up some names from, from them? Cambridge. Let's call them Froberg and Schmoberg. <laughs> sure, Froberg and Schmoberg. Schmoberg. Um, Schmo who, Schmoberg. Who uh, do research on? Uh, uh, damn it! No, I actually want to look it up. Looking it up, he's got to <laughs> look it up again. He cannot know a thing. He has to know. He cannot be uh, appreciative of just not knowing something. Maybe he can wonder or use his imagination. He has to know facts. He has to know facts. This is the man who must always know facts. He has to be right. He has to be correct. What if he? didn't know something and then someone listening would say i know the answer i am so frustrated that you don't know this I and your friend it. is singing i really think we should edit this out <laughs> we, it's not maybe your call. half the length um so uh two researchers named ted kapchuk and Catherine hall oh um, it was worth it totally <laughs> worth it well i have to give look the heroes are the experts of our show so yes. i have to like yeah. you know give them uh credit where credit how do you due. how do you get to Catherine hall um, we, uh, when we're like, how do we find the people? Practice, practice, practice. Oh my God. <laughs> I thought it was a question. <laughs> Why would you think that? Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> imagine if that was the name of the hall. <laughs> so they, uh, do research on placebos and, uh, Ted Kapchuk, in fact, is a former alternative medicine practitioner. It's and also, um, I hate when I have to like sign into something online. I have to fill out a Ted Kapchuk. <laughs> <laughs> to prove that I'm a human. If anybody remembers where this started, fill me in. <laughs> yeah. Catherine Hall and Ted Kapchick. Yeah. Uh, they uh, got a Kapchick call. <laughs> got a Kapchick call. Catherine Hall. Catherine Hall. Got a got a Kapchick call. Kapchick Hall. Catherine Hall. <laughs> I'm not as good at the puns as you. Uh, so I went into it thinking, hey, all this stuff is bullshit. It's the placebo effect. Right. Right. Uh, they do research on the placebo effect. Mm. What they found is that. The placebo effect is so powerful that it really does give a therape therapeutic benefit to people. And that in fact, the placebo effect is used unconsciously by uh, traditional medicine, or sorry, West, you know, Western medicine is a bad term for it, but people know what that means, you mm -hmm. know, um, science-based medicine or sure. whatever. Western um, medicine. Mainstream medicine is yeah. a good way to put it. I imagine like doctors in cowboy hats yeah. slinging pills at people. Yeah. Western medicine. I'll shoot you in the knee and that'll fix your knee. Yeah. 
Uh, well, they use the placebo effect too, right? Um, mm-hmm. That like when you go see, uh, you know, an oncologist mm-hmm. and they treat you with care and they, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, lightly touch your shoulder and say like, hey, I hope you, <laughs> you know, like you're, you're, it's gonna be okay kind of thing. You know, uh-huh, okay. that's, th- that is the placebo effect as well, right? Oh. Um, or just your belief that that works, right? Mm. Uh, that the oncologist knows what they're doing. You know, so not only does the placebo effect, you know, it can reduce symptoms of Parkinson's, it can like, you know, really uh, activate the body's own healing response, right. right? It's, so the point is- So what you're saying is praying is the best cure. I, I, I mean, it's- If you believe it. If you, yeah. But if you don't believe it, you're gonna die. Well, even, the, one of the interesting things about the research is that even if you know something is a placebo, it still works. Oh. Um, so the, the point being, if you go pursue alternative medicine and it, uh, and this ended up being the conclusion of our show. Yeah. I went in thinking, okay, we're gonna do a whole thing about how all these, you know, sort of goopy stuff right. is nonsense. Uh, we end up doing a segment, uh, our end is like, look, because the placebo effect is so powerful, all this stuff can actually make you feel better. Right. So if you do it and you don't disregard, you know, mainstream medicine as well, mm-hmm. And if the treatment isn't hurting you, hmm. right, as long as it's not, you know, some kind of crazy enema that's going to do some yeah. bad stuff to your body. Um, but if it's just like, hey, you're going to the spa and, you know, uh, or, you know, you're you're seeing a, you know, traditional medicine healer who's who's going to treat you with care and that makes you feel better, then that's a that's a fine thing to integrate into your your care. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really surprising to me. I, I expected us to do a debunk, but we ended up saying like, no, the people who are skeptics about this kind of thing are actually maybe not giving it enough credit. Ah, yeah. take that, skeptics. Yeah. How dare? How dare skeptics? How dare they? Just come on, it's working. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, we used to live together. We did live together. What was that like? <laughs> it was a lot like this. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it we lived together for, for three years in Brooklyn, and that was it was a good time. <laughs> it was it was a bad. I had a good time. It yeah. was very nice. We were we were pretty good roommates. Do you think we were good roommates? I think we're pretty good roommates. I, I think, think we're, we're as good as could be expected. I think so. I think we, we mostly got along. We had we had rules that we set up and followed. Should we talk about our dishes rule? The dishes rule. <laughs> I think in theory it was a good rule. I feel like we didn't, I'll take the blame. It was more me. I, I, I took advantage perhaps. Or No, I did too. So the dishes rule, for those listening who didn't live with us, um, the dishes rule was that uh, we had we didn't have a dishwasher and neither of us liked doing dishes, so we would take turns doing the dishes. Yeah. And the rule was you didn't have to because we don't want to nag each other and right. say you have to do the dishes. Right. You we, na- it was it was your day or it was my day. Right? It was no your turn or my right. turn. Right. And so your turn could last as long as you needed. You could wait two weeks before doing the dishes, right. but you had to do them. Yes. If it was really egregious, say, hey man, you got to do them sometime. Yeah. But it, it's not like you have to do them every night or anything. Right. Um, and the, so the, the yeah. best part was when Jackson came to live with us. Yes. Was- so we had this. <laughs> So we had a roommate, we had an extra room, and we had this kid sublet. He was like a 19-year-old kid. We were like 23, so who knows? Right. But, you know, he was a couple years younger than us. And then he- uh, We told him the rule about the dishes. He was like, okay, sounds good. And then now the rule's going around in threes. Oh, that's yeah. great, you only do the dishes one out of three times. It's, oh, it's and Jackson's then, turn. I'm gonna make myself another sandwich. Why would I reuse the same plate? I'm gonna make a new plate, not my dish to do. Yeah, Jackson's gonna do it. Because you would just do one dish if it was, like, I need a dish, I'll right. just do one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll do, do the dish I need. So Jackson, we were, we were we were in our early 20s. I wanna make this very clear. <laughs> yeah. And so- We were children. We were children back then. So Jackson was like, I don't know what was up with that kid, but he was often not around. And once he was yeah. just like gone- well, I think he realized very quickly, I don't want to live with these two people. No, we were I don't not want to be that here. bad. We were not no, that bad. The, apartment, the neighborhood wasn't great. The apartment, I just think he was like, yeah. I have like friends who live in Manhattan. I'm going to go crash with them or whatever. He just like Something was never like around. Yeah. yeah. He and just so, disappeared. And so he 
left. Uh, he was gone once for like three weeks, yeah. but it was his three turn weeks to do the out of the month that he was living there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it was his turn to do the dishes. So we just never did them. It was Jackson's turn <laughs> to do the dishes. We have a system. And then he finally came back to pick up well, his stuff. He was like, "Hey, I'm moving out." And we we're like, "All right, you got to do the dishes, though. It's your turn." And so he did all the dishes. I think we texted him and was like, "Where are you? You have to do the dishes." <laughs> We, we, we're running out of dishes, Jackson. What are we supposed to do? We've been eating out a lot. It's a real problem. And then he came back, did, did the all, dishes, did all the dishes, and left out of our lives forever. Didn't even spend the night. Just Jackson, like, if you're listening to this, please I'm sorry. Uh, be in touch. Sorry, I, I Jackson. I would like to know what happened to you. That was real dumb of us. <laughs> we should have just done the dishes ourselves. Um, one of my man memories, I was texting you about this the other day because we had a tiny, we had a small TV. Yeah. We bought a $90, like, it was a Polaroid brand CRT like TV. It was, a, it was TV. a Polaroid TV, so it would take pictures of live <laughs> events and then it would print out the shows. It was like the year, it was the cheapest of, uh, TV available the year before LCD TVs were like invented. Uh-huh. Um, so it was like a tiny little TV um, and we watched a lot of network television. Right. Um, uh, we watched a lot of, my main members of the apartment are listening, are watching uh, Deal or No Deal and the marriage ref. I remember and we watched ha- Howie Mandel's uh, prank show. This is how we do it. I was very excited about this is how we do it. I made a Facebook event and invited all my friends to come see the premiere of This is How We Do It. And, and we had a bet, I believe. Yeah, you, I, right? this. I tell this story so often. This is my favorite story. Where I was, Adam said, you, you think they're going to sing the song? This is how we do it. And I was like, no, that's too on the nose. They call it that. So they don't need to sing it. Like it's, yes. you, know, you wouldn't put the song in the thing where it is. And he's like, let's see how long it takes before they do it. And I was like, they're not going to do it, man. And then it was like immediate. It right? was second one. Second it was the one. first second. It was like, okay, up next, this is how we do it. And what's, what's, what I love about the title, How We Do It. I want to be clear. This is not, we're not bringing this up like, oh, yeah, let's revisit our memory lane. We literally talk about this every time we see each other. Here's what I love about How We Do It. How We Do It is my favorite kind of thing. Yeah. Um, And if you watch my show, BoJack Horseman, uh, now in season five on Netflix. Yes, please. um, There are many jokes that fall under this rubric. Uh, But How We Do It is a pun that only works one way. That's why I love like, it too. It's, it's so one, funny. It's he just, one way he put his name into the song. This is how we do it. Yeah. But how we do it is not a sentence. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make sense as a phrase. Like, who do it? How we do it? How we do it? Who is the one Who's, who do it? Who do it? Who, how we do who it? Will, who to do it? <laughs> did someone did it? We just walk around the apartment all day going, who do it? How we do it? <laughs> did how we do it? Was it did by Howie? Howie. Howie do it. And it was spelled that way. It wasn't, it wasn't like how we do it. No, the it name of the Howie. show was Howie do it. Because he do it. Who else do it? <laughs> if, you, if you are the one who do it, then you get to call your show how we do it. Although... He often had other people doing the pranks for him. He didn't always do it. Sometimes other people do it on that show. Um, what were your influences? <laughs> John Stewart, obviously. Yeah. John Stewart was like my Johnny Carson figure. Uh, he What's like, he doing now? He works on his uh, wife's farm. Is that right? <laughs> I think. Or uh, that's the last thing. I, she, he, she opened, his wife opened, I believe, an animal rescue in New Jersey. Uh-huh. And... He does that, and then he occasionally shows up on late night shows. So for a she's while. the opener, and then he's like, <laughs> "Sure, yeah." <laughs> he was like briefly working on some for some project on HBO, HBO didn't but turn anything, didn't right? turn anything. Didn't like, 
You know, I mean, man, after you do that show, after you do the Daily Show for like 15 years, whatever he did, like, I understand why you'd be like, I'm, I am done with this. But do you, but that show, if you go back and watch old Daily Show clips, man, yeah. no one did it at a higher level. He's no great. one is doing it that at that yeah. high level now. Yeah, yeah, he's a good, talented man. Yeah, John Stewart. Well, he created a new way of doing comedy. <laughs> like, yeah. it was a, like in, incredibly influential. Yeah, take that, Kilborn. Yeah. Oh, poor guy. Poor guy. Why poor guy? <laughs> okay. yeah, he had a good life. It's true. He's, he's, he had he's, a good life. He's alive. He's alive. <laughs> he's doing all right. He's alive. He's, he's continuing alive. Yeah. to to have to have yeah. a good life. Yeah. Um. Do you have a comedy philosophy? No oh boy. Do you think in those terms? Um, of like, here's here's what I want to say about what comedy is for. Like, do you have any like when you think about like what you're uh, like? Do do you think it is a responsibility of comedians to like? Shine a light on things and 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 tell truth to power. Is that like a- I don't tell anybody else what their responsibility is, right. you know. Um, but I shoulder responsibility. You feel myself like that is your that. responsibility as a comedian. That's what I want to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's that's like how I motivate myself to get up in the morning and like keep doing it. You know, I try to figure out new ways to do it and and to you know expose things that haven't been exposed. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't have a overweening sense of how much power it has. Not overweening, just the right amount of weaning. Yeah. I just, I just like weans to wean. it just yeah. correctly. Yep. Yep. I'd say I have an underweaning sense. <laughs> I could wean a little more, I think, in my sense. <laughs> I mean, comedy, you know, comedy can't do that much to change the world. Yeah, right? you feel that way. Uh, You're yeah. not one of those people who's like, Comedy is the only way the jester can speak to the king. Uh, through comedy is how we expose I the mean, ills of society. We, you laugh to stop yourself from crying and you learn to stop yourself from dying. We've had a good 15 years of like that kind of discourse about comedy. Right. And it's like, that was a great way to talk about comedy yeah. in 2005. Yeah, um, you think because, we're past that. Yeah, comedy could have been, comedy needed to be taken more seriously. Uh-huh. And you know, it. I'm glad that it is, and that yeah. people that there's like. But now it's like too close serious, to like real serious? comedy. No, I don't think so. Oh, I don't think it's too serious. You don't think I'm it overweened. I'm glad that we have real comedy criticism now. Like mm-hmm. a lot of comedians are like, oh, everyone wants to pull everything apart. I think yeah. that's good. Yeah. But um, you know, the idea that like, oh man, like the satirists are the only real truth tellers in our society. Like, I don't right. think that that's true. I think that comedy has certain rhetorical powers that other mediums lack yeah. uh, and that there are certain things that you can do with comedy. Yeah. But I don't think that just because something is comedy makes it necessarily more powerful. I think the act of portraying something on television or in a movie um, inherently normalizes it mm-hmm. and perhaps even glamorizes it. I mean, that was a big conversation we had in the BoJack writers room last season about, because I, I, if you asked me a couple years ago, I would say it inherently glamorizes it. And I've, I've since backtracked a little to inherently normalizes it, which mm-hmm. I, I think is maybe slightly so, more like accurate. smoking in movies is a very obvious example. Exactly, right? Yeah. And, so, and, and, and I think that we as creators are not always aware of the normalization that we're doing mm-hmm. or we're not thinking about that. And I think that growing up when I would see things on TV or in movies, I feel like I often gave – the creators, the distributors, the benefit of the doubt of like, well, clearly this is okay because otherwise it wouldn't be allowed to be on TV. Like mm-hmm. they, they've thought about this and this mm-hmm. is there are standards that they've jumped through and like they, they have a confidence in what they're doing and there's, a, there's thinking behind this. It's, they're not just doing it just to do it. Yeah. And now I think, oh no, mostly they're doing it just to do, they have not thought about it. Yeah. And that's, you know, just they're from just working- to get scripts out the door. Yeah, just from working in the industry more and being around more and just growing older and like more cynical <laughs> yeah, about you realize things. Nobody knows what they're doing. No one knows what they're moment. doing, right? Yeah. Like no one, there's no like standard or 
or agreement of like, these are the ways in which we should have nudity on our shows or like, this is what this nudity is doing. It's like, oh no, that guy just wanted to see a naked lady yeah. like, or whatever, you know? Or the network asked, asked for Or it. the network wanted it or whatever. Yeah. And there's, there's no thoughtfulness behind it or a justification of like, well, actually what we're doing is this. I mean, sometimes there is, uh, but also does it matter? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I want to. I want to get. I want to get something new out of you, though. Okay. I want to know. I want to. What's What's something that I could ask that nobody else would ever ask you? <laughs> what's What's do I? Um, do you feel like leaving our comedy group or the dissolution of our comedy group mm. allowed you to blossom as an individual totally. comedian voice? Totally. Do, do you think you were stunted by being in the group, mm. or do you think being in the group helped you in a way that then you were ready to then be your own person? Uh, was it good or bad to be in a group with me? <laughs> <laughs> hey, guess what? Uh, it was, you know, it's been bad to know you. Oh, is um, that right? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, uh, I think it's probably both, you know, yeah. like we were very lucky to, I was very lucky to be working with talented people who we were collectively talented enough that we had like a small modicum of like industry success. Like we did right. festivals and we yeah. got well-established as comedians in New York and super, stuff like super that. Super Deluxe 1.0. We got, yeah, Super Lux 1.0. We were, they paid us to make videos in 2005. Yeah. Um, you know, and so that experience was was great. And if I hadn't met you guys and we hadn't been working together, I never would have had enough momentum to go into comedy at all. Like, right. I don't think I would have said- You were going to be a philosophy guy. I wanted to go to grad school. And right. I probably, and I and I shouldn't have. And thank God we started, we got a little heat in our comedy yeah. group because web videos started taking off as we had videos go up. Up and I was like, oh, instead of going to grad school, I'll like well, you know I, keep working. Yeah, with- I, I remember we did a show at Bard, which is where the, our comedy group started. We went to school, uh, yeah. college, um, and you graduated. I remember there was a show that was like Adam's last show, and yeah. like you like said goodbye to us and yes. like sang a song, and like was like yes. that's that's it. I am out of the group now. Yeah, I'm going. I think you're going to go to Germany or something. I, I had applied to some program where I could go be in Germany for like three months, and, uh, like like teach teach uh-huh. English at a at a university and study German. And but stuff you were like that. saying goodbye to your comedy career. Yeah, and then in the fall you came I didn't back. get that program. Right. I didn't get into it. And so you're like, I guess I'll keep, I'll keep doing comedy. Then. Yeah, but that you would have had a very different life. Yeah, I would have had a different life and I, and I and I liked comedy but yeah I don't think I would have like you know you, ha- take it because doing old in old English we that got us to New York and then we did enough of those things where I was able to see okay here's the path of being a, a New York comedian you know do you feel whatever your current level of satisfaction or happiness with your life is mm-hmm. I don't want to say what that is for you pretty good pretty good right do you feel like if you had taken this other path, you would be as satisfied in that life? Or do you think you would have felt like something was missing? Uh, That's a good question. I don't know. Um, Because uh, I don't know what that life would have been. I think I probably would have figured it out. You yeah. know? <laughs> I mean, I have, I have, for myself, I have some days where I feel like I'm always going to be the same amount of satisfied no matter what. Yeah. Right? But then but I have other days where I feel like, no, I have a good life and like, I'm living the best possible version of my life right now. And yeah. I'm very happy about that. And that there are other things I want and then I get them. And sometimes I go, oh, I'm still unsatisfied. But other times I go, oh no, this is better now. I'm glad I got this thing. <laughs> so I don't, right. I don't, I have trouble coming up with like an overarching philosophy of there's, there's contentment. Like research, there's like research on happiness. Well, I'm not interested you know. in research. I want to come up with my own idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's the difference between you and me. Yeah. <laughs> I want to solve it for the first time myself. I don't, I don't care what, uh, what people have said before. Um, you know, I mean, I think my current life is uh, equal mixtures of, you know, luck, 
privilege and then whatever, you know, I added to that, you know, my own, my own personality and, mm-hmm. and, you know, my own qualities. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so you, th- you think privilege is not luck. You no, think, yeah, you think you've, they're, you've, they're you've, earned, you've earned that privilege? No, no, no. It's just not luck. Uh-huh. Like it's, it's not, not a subset of luck. Like wouldn't you say that the privilege comes from luck? Luck is like something that like happens to you almost randomly, uh-huh. you know, right place, right oh, time kind of stuff. Privilege is like something that you were born with or is like given to you. But you were right? lucky to be born with that, no? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess if we're talking, if we're like looking at that level of like randomness, but yeah. you know, uh, yeah, I wouldn't put it as a, I, I think that if you label privilege as luck, it, it de-emphasizes the power dynamics at play. Cause then I it's see. just like, Oh, it could happen to anybody Got fell it. on my Got square. It. You know, it. no, it's, it's something that like you, right. it, it's, you know, thousands of years of, of it was, it was in the square that I fell onto. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, like, I don't, yeah, if we imagine ourselves as like dissolute souls that appear in a random body, <laughs> yes, then yes, true. we could call that luck, but yes. I just don't know you, if that's Adam a model. Adam Conover was always going to have the privilege that you yeah. have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think that it was luck to happen to know you guys at uh-huh. the time that I did that we could build comedy momentum ourselves, right? I think the privilege and my own characteristics would have resulted in a pretty good life for me. Yeah. Uh, uh, either way, I think I... Probably if I had gone to grad school for philosophy mm-hmm. in 2004 yeah. and had graduated right after the financial crisis sure. with a PhD in philosophy, yeah. I think that might not have been great. Right. <laughs> but who knows if I actually would have done that, right? Well, you, you, you'd at least have colorful ways of describing your current circumstances. Yes. You, would. you would understand um, the precedent in philosophical get, circles. Get, do, you, do you think you were living the best possible Adam Conover life? Yeah, I think this so. Is, this is what you, yeah, you're. Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm very, you know, I'm self-actualized, the, the hierarchy of needs or whatever. You yeah. know, I'm, have, I'm well-fed. I'm and happy you're on your way to actualizing others. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I'm very, like right now, my main problem is is overwork and like work stress. Yeah, um, I've, I'm in that same bucket. Yeah. I'm in that bucket with you. Yeah. And and so that's something that like I need to manage, but um that's like my only problem. I, I feel other like than, there's there's a a a a ladder than my concern for the world, you a, know, as a, it is. a ladder of success where at first you get a little bit of success and you learn that you can start saying no to things you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And that's really empowering. But then you get more successful. And you learn that you have to say no to things you do want to do. Yeah. No, that's the problem. Yeah. Is saying no to is saying no to things I do want to do. Yeah. Because it's like, hey, you want to do this thing, but you know, it's a matter of, okay, I want to go on tour. Right. I'm doing the show. I also want to go on tour. That's a goal of mine. Well, yeah. if you want to go on tour, it's gotta be during this month when you also are doing all this other shit. So sorry, those two things. If you want to go on tour, you have to like really overwork do you, yourself. Do you, do you feel like this? Uh, thing you're doing now of juggling all this stuff in the ways that you're juggling it is sustainable long-term? Or do you feel like this is a particularly busy part of your life and then you will learn how to take steps back and and do less? Or do you feel like things will get more busy and you'll have to juggle more? I think it's a combination of the two probably, but I think, I said three things and they are very distinct (laughs) things. I don't know how you could combine them. I don't really, I wasn't listening. Okay, Um, that's fair. uh, You were thinking about all the work you have to do. (laughs) Oh God. You, you know, I've heard people say that like, oh, your 30s are like when you like work too hard. Oh, you know? okay. Um, That's terrifying. Yeah. I'm not even halfway through my 30s. I got <laughs> yeah. a lot. More, I got more 30s ahead of me than yeah. behind me. Uh, so I think there's like a skill to manage, you know. Um, and uh, you know, it's also been a matter of of you know, currently a strike while the iron's hot kind of thing. Right. Where like you got. Are you use. are you are you afraid that opportunities will go away? Um, that this this is this is the most you will ever be in demand. I'm getting. Less so, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I think we're sort of reaching, 
a little bit of a cruising altitude with what I do where oh, nice. it's, you know, that's, that's what I hope that yeah. it's our fourth year on the air. Right. We have episodes on Netflix now, so more people are seeing them. And, you know, just in terms of like, okay, hey, if, you know, cable television falls into the ocean, which it kind of seems like maybe is happening. I think it'll <laughs> catch on fire before it falls into the ocean. <laughs> uh, you know, I think I can, you know, uh, I think there'll be paths for me to do work that I find interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm not the type of person where it's like, I need to constantly be on an upward trajectory. Like, yeah. um, I, I'd be happy doing a little bit less as long as I found the work interesting and um, people were seeing it and and people enjoyed it. Uh, did you feel like our sketch group enabled you or stunted you? Both. I mean, I, I, th- yeah. I think it's... It, made an incredible foundation for me in my comedic development. Yeah. And then I think when it started to feel stultifying, is the word stultifying? Yeah. It, stult- it stultified me? Well, we had That's it- when it fell apart. I mean, it felt like yeah. it ended at the right time for me, yes. personally. Yeah. Uh, I felt, like, afterwards I was like, oh, no one can say no to me doing this anymore. You know, like, that was that was the right. big thing. I mean, um, I think it, it definitely was a comedy boot camp in a wonderful way. That I, th- yeah. I think my comedy chops got sharpened. Do you sharpen chops? Yeah. You could sharpen chops, yeah. right? Yeah. I feel like I, I, I honed and sharpened chop with knife. my chops. I think it it uh, coalesced for me a lot of my philosophy on comedy, and it made clear the kinds of things I wanted to do and the kinds of things I thought were funny. And I have great memories and made great friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was very helpful. Um, I did feel like towards the end of it, we were saying no to each other more than we were saying yes to each other. Totally. And I think that was a problem. And I wonder if that was, if that's just built into being in a, like, do you think we did a bad job or do you think that was just always going to happen that we were going to fall apart? Uh, I think that it was probably always going to happen. I think that, you know, the, the structure of the group was built on the social structure of young men in uh-huh. college and in their early twenties, right. Which was like fundamentally kind of like, you know, pecking order and, right. uh, had, had a bit of cruelty in it. Right. Yes. Um, in ways that like we weren't able to see at the time, right. you're we not aware and, of how cruel we were being to each yeah, other. Yeah, exactly. And that was like a lot that, that was the thing that was like really good for me to get away from. Cause it was yeah. like those, that was really, that stuff was really baked in, you know what I mean? And then as soon as the group broke up and I started doing stuff, you know, in the broader New York comedy community, I was like, Oh, like, Nobody treats each no other like this. No one's just shitty to you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. Like, no one's like, oh, in a yeah. work setting. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. it's just like we're, you know, it's a different social setting. But we had like, you know, we were like freshmen in college. Ben and I were freshmen year roommates, right. you know. And so that was like a baked in dynamic. Well, that's like when you asked earlier, like, you know. I was 17. When was, I it, was, it, was it fun for us to live together? Like a lot of my memories of that time are also like us living together and then walking to an office together and spending 10 hours with each other and then walking back home together. It's like, we were on each other all the time. There's yeah. no separation of like, this is roommate time and this is like yeah. comedy group time. Yeah. Um, and so like frustrations would linger and come out in weird ways. Yeah. Do you think it was a problem that we did not have a, yeah, this isn't interesting. Oh, enough, enough for that. Okay. We, t- we talked about it. Okay. Um, That's fine. We don't need to unpack it anymore. Okay. It feels good. Yeah. I think, uh, I'm Adam, I'm very proud of you. <laughs> Can I say that? <laughs> yes, thank you. I it's kind. I think you've done wonderful things with your program and with and with yourself. Thank you. Um, I feel the I, same. You know what I wanted to talk about? I remember when you quit smoking yeah. and started running mm-hmm. and stopped taking ADD medicine. Yeah, right. Like, all. Right, yes. right around the same time. You, yes, you've made some like months of each other. Uh, incredible changes in your life. Yeah, which I find very inspiring. Thank you. Is that? Am I allowed? To be inspired? Let me ask <laughs> yes. you this. Well, yes. no, let me ask you yes. this. Does yes. the word inspire, um, can I be inspired by you while also not making any changes in my own life? Like, does, does inspiring <laughs> connote that there was an effect of that inspiration or can I just be 
appreciative of Let's look it up. Can I get you to look up some? You cannot look it up. <laughs> I'm curious what you think. Like, can yeah. I, am I allowed, to, is that a fair thing to say? That yeah, you, sure, you're, I think so. You, the, the changes you have made in your life, because then also I think that's when you got serious about stand-up and like yes. you, you, I a little you, while later, but yeah. But you were making like choices about who you wanted to be and what you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that really made me think about how individuals can change themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I think there is a feeling generally that like, well, people don't change, not really. Yeah. Well, I've heard you say yeah. that, that you heard that Matthew Weiner said that about the characters of Mad Men, yeah. which was a show that influenced you Love it. greatly. But I, I don't agree with that statement. You don't agree with that? Because I felt that you agreed with that when you told me that years ago. No, if I was telling you that, it was because to say that I don't agree with that. Oh. Why would I just say, you know, Matthew Weiner says people don't change. Do you feel-, do you feel uh, I think people do change. Do I think you, it's hard to change, but I think people do. But I feel that BoJack doesn't change on your show. I disagree. Oh, okay. I think he changes. I think it's subtle. And yeah, difficult. It is and he, subtle. And he yeah. doesn't change necessarily in the ways you want him to change. But like when we're writing the character, there are jokes that we'll write. Like, that feels like season one Bojack. Like he's mm. not that guy anymore. Uh, maybe I should go back and watch. You might enjoy a second watch of Bojack Horseman. <laughs> um, I think, well, I think it's, it's change is difficult. Yeah. But I think it's, it's doable. And I actually think our show is, I mean, maybe this says something about my own uh, outlook on life, but I think of our show as being somewhat optimistic mm. about man's ability to change. Mm. Um, and <laughs> maybe that might not be everyone else's interpretation of yeah. the show, uh, but I, I, I think of the show as a hopeful show. I mean, I, I made those changes in my life because uh, this, this February I quit drinking, um, which was oh, a similar, similar thing, yeah. Um, uh, which I, I just want to say, as someone who lived with you, these changes seem impossible to me. Yeah. Like at the time, like, like, to, to give the listener an idea of like, like so much of your persona was like, yeah, I smoke and I drink a beer before bed and yeah. that's who I am, baby. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. I li- it was fun. You got a problem way. with that? Yeah. I'm, you know, Dennis Leary in an MTV commercial, <laughs> smoking cigarettes and just talking about my stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I made those changes partially because I, I was trying to escape the idea that that you can't change right. you know that I, I felt like I had picked up from other people in my life who uh, I was worried I was going to be like that mm. like oh I can't you know I can't actually make progress and I should just give up you know and I was trying to be like no I can actually I can actually do this you know I can actually make a change in that way and the thing is making that large of a change feels really good yeah it's one of the reasons like it's it's a very powerful force. Like you know when people like do something like they join CrossFit or sure, like yeah. anything like that, and they're all about it, and they're yeah. like, oh my gosh, right? Yes. It really opens up your life when you do those things, uh, you know, especially when it's difficult. So that's something that you know I think we can have more in our in our dialogue about ourselves. Right. Um, but yeah, I was just trying to look at my. I mean, I was unhappy with my life, and I was like, okay, how can I change it? The funny thing is, I quit drinking at the same time that earlier this year I was working on a new project for a network that didn't end up going. Like the, mm-hmm. it was one of those projects that, in retrospect, was like fatally flawed. It sure. was like we didn't have enough time. They didn't know what they were buying. Mm-hmm. You know, they you were drinking all the time. <laughs> well, I, I was a you know maintenance drinker. Like I, was, mm-hmm. I just had a nightcap drinker, a couple drinks a night. You know, yeah. like no, no one would have said I had a drinking problem. But you know, like so, I was working in the middle of this like sort of cursed project. You know, and that was the worst time of my year. And that was for some reason the week that I chose to quit drinking. And I wasn't sure why at the. Uh, I didn't make that connection at the time, but now I'm like, oh, I think I did that because I uh, I wanted to prove that. You know, I, I was sure. unhappy and I was trying to like make a positive change, right? Um, and it was like 
oh, it really opened up my life when I did that. And But the thing, when people tell me that about those changes that I made, that I mean, that was like 2009 at yeah. this point, that, oh, that was inspiring. That means a lot to me because I was, uh, that was, Part of why I did it was to, to inspire other people to show people, look what I can do. Also to receive social approval. I'm oh, very good. driven by social approval. Ah, and, yes. and so I wanted, you know, like, when my strategy for quitting smoking well, was I quit again, smoking. Again, I, I think we cycle back to the beginning of our conversation mm-hmm. uh, about uh, stamps.com. Um, <laughs> no, about how, it's funny to say that I'm very driven by social approval when so much of your show is about not receiving social approval. Right. Well, right? that's, and that's been my, like one of my driving needs, right. my my life was to receive it, you right. know? And so that's why the character is, I mean, I tried to write the character as myself you, in a funny way. You know? Or what you were afraid of being, perhaps? No, I think it's based, it's a younger version of me is how uh, I think of it. Of what you are sure you, you were. Yeah, so I totally was that, you know? I always think about seeing an episode of, my favorite stuff on like Curb Your Enthusiasm yeah. is like, Oh, this is just Larry David making fun of himself. Yeah. Like I remember an episode where he goes to the beach and he's just like, "What do people see in this? I don't like the like." Uh, this I remember is not nice. one time. And I was like, oh, that's very funny to make fun of yourself. Yeah. Just turn yourself into a comedy character, and that's what I tried to do. I on remember the show. one time for your birthday, um, I got you a book because, like, oh, Adam loves like learning things and facts, and he's like, it's like a book of like fun facts about stuff. Hmm. And I was like, oh, Adam, Adam will like this. Uh, I don't usually buy birthday presents for Adam, but this is a nice opportunity. You know, I see this in the store. It made me think of him. Yeah. Uh, I have a warm feeling when I'm purchasing it. Uh, I will give him this book of facts. And I remember you unwrapped it. You looked at it and you said, oh, these kinds of books are famously under-researched and <laughs> um, hard to track. Like there's no bibliography. Oh, I don't know where these facts I'm are coming from. <laughs> Remember this, you remember this at all? I don't remember this at the least. Uh, okay. Um, I'm so sorry. Well, that's fine. No, it's we can laugh about it now. But when you uh, say like th- when you say this character is who I was at a younger age, yeah, I go well. That's not well. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also remember like maybe you weren't there that day. We shot an old English sketch that we had like a a, a pilot let us shoot in his private plane. Yeah, I was, and not, then, I was not there for that. But and, I, and then we were chatting afterwards with the pilot, and yeah. one of the people in the group was like, "Oh, why do you have to turn your cell phone off or your your Game Boy yeah. off? You know, your yeah. Kindle off? Those didn't exist at the time, so just Game Boy off when you uh, take, take off, off and land." And the, and the uh, the pilot was like, well, it could interfere with the electronics. And I was like, I read that it doesn't interfere with the electronics. <laughs> so it's total bullshit. And he was like, uh, no, it does, son. And afterwards, everyone made fun of me. Like, you contradicted the pilot right, of the plane. Right. Uh, and But guess what? I was fucking right. Right. But also, <laughs> guess what? He was letting us use his plane. <laughs> yeah, for free. Yeah. For free. Um, yeah, I mean, it exercised those demons for me to, to make a, a comedy version of myself. I do. I feel a lot of times that in writing BoJack... I am exercising things for myself mm. that that I think I am a happier, lighter person because I have this dark show where I can just kind of funnel mm. all of my darkness into. Yeah. Um, although I might be a happier, lighter person because I have a successful TV show. I <laughs> <That laughs> live in too. a nice house and yeah. I have a lovely wife. Yeah. It's hard to say, you know. Yeah what it is, but I, I feel, I do feel like I, do I seem like a happier, lighter person to you than I, than 10 years I ago? So. I think so. Yeah, I think you do actually. Yeah. I think you do. You had, you had a lot of fatalistic feelings <laughs> uh, back then. I, I like a story I remember about you. Yeah. And it's just cause it's a story I've yeah. told before. I probably, maybe I've told it to you recently, um, but you, you had gone on a date with a girl uh-huh. and then you came back and you were, I was like, how'd the date go? And you're like, ugh. And I was like, what's, what's the matter? And you're like, I can't see myself having grandkids with her. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Did you have a nice time? 
Then go on another date, that's, dummy. You know, that's why? It was like <laughs> to what end? <laughs> that that to me was a was well, a I, I, I will sort, say, of, sort of darkness. Oh, you can never really relate to another person, sort of feeling. Like yeah. I feel like you had that sort of that sort of feeling. Do we ever really know each other? You know, um, ask me my first date with my wife. Ask me if I thought I could have grandchildren with her. Did you? A hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Uh, I knew it. I was like, yeah, this is. I can. This this is worth pursuing. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's possibilities here. Uh, yeah, I don't have a lot of, I mean, yeah, I feel, I feel that you were a man with darkness mm-hmm. and that I didn't at the, in my twenties re- relate to darkness that uh-huh. much. I still, I still don't, um, yeah. you know, uh, and I, maybe I'm, I'm lucky too, but, um. Lucky or privileged? Privileged, I oh. suppose. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, my, my social demons are fully exercised by the show that, that I do. And do I have others? Maybe, maybe there's a couple more things I could do, but, um, I mean, that's part, maybe that's part of why my work is not. Mm-hmm narrative about, you know, the the difficulties of being a human alive right, on earth right. and is instead much more intellectual. The difficulty and, of knowing facts. Yeah, and, and it's about understanding the world. And Do you worry that if this outlet went away and you could not exercise the stuff that you would become annoying again? <laughs> <laughs> Pro- yeah, probably. <laughs> if I could no longer do comedy about these things. I mean, yeah. I would just go do comedy right. about this what stuff. If, but. What if someone said you're not allowed to? <laughs> like if the government said it yeah. was it wasn't well allowed. the framers of the constitution clearly don't think adam conover should be doing that would comedy. be that would be annoying yeah i would who would i tell about the about the harper's article i read yeah, yeah it's true i mean currently i still tweet links out sometimes but i have like a, a thing where i just when i read an article i can save it to a little database sure. i have with like tags and stuff yeah. for like oh this is about this and it i was interested and here's a little here's the sec- section from it i like and maybe i can use it in a story later and that's very satisfying because it makes me feel like i'm able to process this stuff and go like oh i'm adding it to a collection that i can maybe turn into some material later can yeah. i ask you a question about twitter of course you've taken a step back and you've mm-hmm. you've, you've deleted a lot of tweets over the years. Oh, yeah. Well, a couple of years ago, and I've tried to do this every year. I forgot to do this last year, but I delete. Um, I deleted all my old tweets, and I'm trying to do it as a yearly Just tweet Just all delete. of them. Just in a, yeah. Like, do you ever get sentimental? Are there tweets you're like, that was a good I tweet? Have a, I gone. have an archive of them. Uh-huh. Yeah, I have a backup. Um, but t- they don't need to all be online. Can I tell you my favorite tweet that you deleted? Oh, please. That I'm sad that I can no longer find and read? I think I might know which one it is. And it's... Uh, my favorite tweet you ever tweeted that is now gone forever. I don't know which one it is. And uh, on late nights, I would go to it and just read it again and smile and be filled with warmth. Yeah. My favorite tweet is, I wonder what Russell Brand is like when he's not doing his Austin Powers impression. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great tweet. I love it. And you took it down. I was like, what happened to that great Russell Brand joke? I, I, forgot, I forgot about that <laughs> Right? One. You, that's what I'm saying. You delete the tweets. You forget about them. Well, it the wasn't tweets, the one I thought it was. The tweets are the, the archive of that's, these great observations. <laughs> and now that's gone. I was like, oh, is he working with Russell Brand on something and had to like sneak that away because he didn't want to insult him? What's, what's that about? But it's just you got to revolve them. But that's a great tweet that's now lost to time. <laughs> It's really good. I like me in the past. That's what I'm saying. It was a good one. What, what did you think I was going to say? There was a tweet that you used to make fun of me for because the day that oh, Michael Jackson right. died. I, that's also that a great tweet. The day that Michael Jackson died, everyone was only tweeting about Michael Jackson, and I tweeted a very hack observation. This yeah. is like the most hack observation ever, but um, uh, it's like I've never seen a skateboarder land a trick because I was like right. walking and I right. saw a skateboarder, you know. And it was a very, extremely hacky, and you made fun of me because you were like, everyone else tweeting about Michael Jackson, dum-dum. It was very funny. Well, because also in those days when it was just linear timelines, there was, yeah. it was all, so it was, you could see the moment when word got out that Michael Jackson died, and then yes. the whole feed turned into Michael Jackson, and then yes. in the middle of it, I've never seen a skateboarder land a trick. <laughs> what? 
this guy doing? <laughs> Didn't you hear about Michael Jackson? Did you hear the news? Everyone's yeah. everyone's buzzing about it. I didn't really have a personal relationship with Michael Jackson, you know? Yeah, clearly you yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, All should right. we wrap up? I think we should wrap up. Okay, that's a pretty um, good conversation. You're my friend, and I'm proud You're my of friend. you. I'm proud of I you love too. You. I love seeing your face on billboards. Thank which you. Has not gotten old for me. It's still very ah. weird. Is it weird for you, or are you used to it? I'm used to it because I've already I, I have to look at the art all day long. Right, right. So it's like I'm like, oh yeah, there's that image I finally approved right. after ten revisions. Is like, oh there it is. Okay, there there yeah, it is. But it's not giant Adam Connor. It doesn't get old for me when I go to New York and it's on the subway. That's when uh, I'm like, uh, that that still for me is the biggest. It feels like a novel. It feels like, oh yeah, I used to deface this and now I'm on it. Well, and that was how I learned about all the shows. Like you know, right. New York subway ads. You have like a weirdly personal relationship with because you're right up on them. You know, you're like standing next to them and you can just sort of draw on them or do whatever. Yeah. Um, and so when I see those, I'm like, oh yeah, that. That's, that's great. I'm in the New York City. I'm drawing some dicks on my face. Yeah. I'm proud of you too. Thank I'm, you. Yeah, I'm, you know, you had your show before mine. And so that makes me like, uh, we have a different relationship because it's like, I did it after, you know what I mean? Oh, is that right? You yeah. feel that way? Uh, you feel like you're chasing my success? No, I don't feel like, I don't feel like I'm chasing, but it's like a different kind, it's a different kind of pride. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. We're doing it, buddy. We're doing it, we buddy. Fi- we finally <laughs> got on this podcast. <laughs> Our dreams have become a reality. We got to interview each other. All right. And I finally learned who is Adam Conover. <laughs> <laughs> I learned nothing about you. I knew all this Our, already. I finally learned that Adam Conover likes Blue Apron. <laughs> wow. No, I don't like yes, Blue Apron. It's very wasteful. You get a wasteful box, services. box of food, you throw it in the oven, and then oh, geez. a half hour later, you got yourself a feast, and you made it yourself. You put the box directly in the oven? Put, just put the box right in. <laughs> take it take What's it, it out. What's it going to do? Oh, man. Adam, Adam and Eve. Yeah. Dot com. Yeah. You get your get adamandeve.com, not adamandsteve.com. Yeah. Squarespace. Squarespace. Every, every site looks the same with yeah. Squarespace. Do you need a website still? Why? Do you need a website that looks like everybody else's you, website? What do you get need Squarespace. a website for? Just put it on Twitter. What's the problem? <laughs> no one's going to go to your website. They're just going to take the good stuff and move it on Facebook. Do you need a place where you can link to your Twitter and Instagram accounts from yeah. a central location? Yeah, MailChimp. <laughs> Mail, 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 chin, mail can, mail can. That was the cereal. Yeah, yeah, that's good. All right, well, good times, good times. Bye, bye, Adam. How we do it? (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) We really could not dismount. (laughs) Feels very appropriate that the creator of a show called BoJack Horseman cannot dismount very well. True. <laughs> Thank you so much to our fantastic LA-based engineer, Guinean Brer, for recording this at Adam's house, and to Mark Yoshizumi for crushing it at Hook and Fade and for co-producing. We should probably give a, a little heads up to some TalkHouse podcasts coming in the future. Some really great ones coming up. We have a conversation with Jeff Tweedy of Wilco and Abby Jacobson, I guess formerly of Broad City. It's really a great conversation. Uh, we've also got an upcoming episode with Tom Berlin and David Bazan of Pedro the Lion, which should be a great one. Love Pedro the Lion. And the TalkHouse podcast theme song was composed and performed by The Range. And of course, while you're ranging around on the internet, make sure to hit us up on all of our socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, our YouTube channel. and MySpace. Uh, MySpace, yeah, our, our much-neglected MySpace page. I better update that. It, what is our relationship status on there? I hope it's single. <laughs> It's complicated. It's, it's complicated. Com- it's complicated. Yeah. And of course, go to talkout.com for daily written deliciousness. The writing is so good, you can taste it. You can. Talk out. Okay. Thank you so much to Adam and Raphael for doing this. And from Josh and myself, we will see you next time. Toodaloo. Peace.
Hi, I'm Adam Conover. You're listening to the Talk House Podcast. Hello, this is Adam Conover's friend, Raphael Bob Waxberg. This is the Talk Podcast Podhouse. What is it? Talk you, House? you got it. Okay. 